There are so many people in this part of New Jersey that are involved in the arts, and I am planning to talk to all of them. Well, maybe not all of them, but a lot of them. And I'm inviting you to listen in. I'm Lucille Sapio, talking arts and culture, and this is Hazlitt Coffee Talk. I think we can all agree that 2020 was a pretty terrible year. So I've decided to top it off by interviewing someone that everyone who listens to this podcast knows. And no, it's not Bruce Springsteen. It's me. I know it's a little unusual to interview yourself, but really, who else could do it? And after all, it is my podcast. I'm hoping that I will be honest with me. Well, I'm going to try to be as honest as possible. Great. So let's start by asking you, why do you think you're a creative person? I guess it's because I've always had a really vivid imagination. I've been able to imagine things and think about how things could be or how I'd like them to be. And I think that that has always contributed to my creativity. What would you say is your your favorite creative endeavor? That's really hard to say because the changes over time. I love cooking. I love baking. I love creating things. Uh, I did a wedding cake for my 25th anniversary using fondant, which I think turned out fabulously. Oh, yes, I remember that cake. It really was good. What other creative outlets do you have? I've done a lot of faux painting. So in my house, I have some walls that look like bricks, some that look like stone. I've created my own stencils. I've done some sponging. In, In a lot of ways, it looks like wallpaper. Okay, painting. What else? I'm a writer. I've written a number of short stories. I used to have a blog called Beyond Babedom, but mostly I write fiction. A couple of years ago, my play, Sex and Garbage, was produced at the Grange Theater in Howell. Was that a uh, comedy? Yes, it was. It took place in a ladies' room. It's a bunch of women talking to each other. I think we've all been there. But it is a period piece. It takes place in the 80s. What other writing? Well, I'm hoping to write a book someday, but I just can't decide what it should be about. Yeah, that's... uh... That's a challenge. I have to actually have something to write about for it to be a book. Exactly. So you're an actor. Yes. What was your first major role? Really, the first major role that I had was at college. I went to Livingston College at Rutgers, and I played Titania in Midsummer Night's Dream. It was directed by Eric Krebs, who apparently is pretty, pretty well known. He started the George Street Theater. And where did your acting go from there? After I left college, I joined a couple of local community theater groups, but eventually started working at the dam site for about 10 years doing farces, comedies. Have you always just done comedies? No, but mostly. I guess my most challenging role was when I did Tally's Folly with the Main Street Players in uh, Matawan. It's a two-person play. It was pretty intense. and I really enjoyed it. Was that then the only dramatic role that you played? No, I also did uh, several one-act plays at Brookdale. The Great Nebula in Orion, and Lou Gehrig Did Not Die of Cancer. Certainly not a comedy. I'm curious, did you ever consider a career in acting? Well, actually, when I was a kid, I really wanted to go to the American Academy of Dramatic Arts and be a professional actor. But as I got older, I realized that although I love acting, I really just like to do it for the pleasure of doing it. And when I act now, even in a professional murder mystery company, I always forget that I'm getting paid because it's just the act of acting that I enjoy. The money is kind of just a little icing on the cake. So writing, acting, gourmet cooking, decorating, what else? Well, I love crafts. Ever since I was a kid and we had the child craft books, I became obsessed with doing crafts. So I've done everything from, I mean, forget about hot glue. (laughs) 
<laughs> don't leave me with a hot glue gun and a bunch of fabric because I will just like go nuts. I've done stained glass, very elaborate gift baskets, painted pillows and chair cushions, cake decorating, paper mache. And I don't know if you consider it crafts, but I've grown lots of plants from seed. And I have a thriving vegetable garden. Really kind of anything. My philosophy about art is like you can't do it wrong. So you can't worry about how it's going to come out. And that's the way I always approach any, any art project. Is that the same way that you approach writing as well? The interesting thing about writing is you can sometimes plan out what you're going to write. But sometimes you really get stuck. You know, there's writer's block is a real thing. Did you face writer's block when you were, say, writing your play? Yes, I did. And my friend Billy Van Zant gave me a really good piece of advice. He said, when you get stuck, just keep writing no matter how bad it is. Just finish it. You can always go back and fix it. And that's exactly what I did. And he was exactly right. Speaking of your writing, besides your play, you said you've written a lot of short stories. Can you tell us about a few of them? Well, one of my favorites is called, it's called The Church of the Everlasting Gift. And it's about a man who finds a way to make all of his wishes come true, but it kind of backfires. Why don't you read us just a bit? Okay. It was a miracle. It could be nothing less. Edgar was growing hair. It wasn't a lot, only a few strands. But just the fact that he had any was amazing. Edgar stole another glance in the mirror. Aha. It was still there. In fact, it was easily twice as much as yesterday. He lovingly smoothed the new strands of hair over his head and turned off the light over the mirror and smiled once again at his reflection. He almost pranced down the stairs as he descended to the basement study to check on his hidden altar. It was safe. Grabbing his briefcase, he headed off to his morning commute. He would wait until tomorrow before setting up the altar again. Oh boy. Was his life going to change? Now, I'm going to ask you a question about baking, because you did say you, you really enjoy that. Yes, and I, and I really enjoy watching the Great British Baking Show. Love it. So what was your biggest baking failure? My biggest failure was I went to make a pavlova, which is a, basically a meringue cake, and I had made it several times before to great success. This time I decided, based on watching the Great British Baking Show, to weigh my uh, ingredients instead of measuring them, which would have been fine, except I was using Splenda instead of sugar, and Splenda weighs a lot less. So my cake ended up being like a brick. It was, <laughs> it was really pretty bad. So since you're an actor, can you dance as well? Yes, I love to dance. In fact, when the hustle was, was popular, that was my thing. I was a hustle queen. Can you also sing? Do you, are you a triple threat? Well, I'm a triple threat, but most people wouldn't say I'm a good singer. Some people that have heard me sing in karaoke claim that I'm a good singer, but I know I'm not. I just know that I, I know my range and I know what songs I can sing. And I'm more of an entertainer than a singer. So I put on a show. Well, let's talk about some of your influences. Who are some of the, the actors that have influenced you? I've always loved Betty Davis. There's not a Betty Davis movie that I've seen that I haven't loved. What is it like being a creative person, but having to work in the corporate world? Yeah, that, that's always kind of a challenge. I've been in sales for most of my life. 
So I've actually been able to utilize my skills as both a writer and an actor. Because when you're in sales, you have to sometimes act like you're interested in what your clients are saying. And you have to be able to write good proposals. But I was really able to use my writing skills and even my acting skills when I was in radio advertising, which I loved. Because in radio advertising, it is part art and part science. So I spent a lot of time learning about the science and then applying the art, writing commercials, helping to produce them to actually do the voiceovers. And a lot of times I was able to close a deal because I used those skills in my sales presentations. Now, you're married to a creative person as well. Yes, my husband, Gary, is a really good drummer and He's an excellent photographer too, but it's really hard to balance those two things because they both take a lot of time and they both take a lot of creative energy. He's really more into being a drummer. Maybe that will change again. He kind of flips back and forth. How about you? Do you put more emphasis on any particular creative art? It really depends. I mean, now that I've been stuck inside, I thought I would be doing more writing, but I haven't been. I've been doing more decorating and some of my crafts. Obviously, I've been spending a lot of time on this podcast. So have I. And I enjoy the whole idea of coming up with the right questions. Yes. And you know, this particular interview, it's, it was hard for me to come up with the right questions to ask. I can see that. You mentioned that you're also a landscape designer. When did that start? I would say it probably started about 20 years ago. What I did learn along the way was that you really have to plan ahead because I planted so many things that had to be moved or that just didn't grow because I didn't take things into consideration like the amount of sunlight or how to group things. Since that time, I have created a not garden or parterre. And what's a parterre? A parterre is a garden that is designed from a hedge, and the hedge is a pattern, and within the pattern you plant flowers. Think like Versailles. Oh, does your parterre look like Versailles? Not quite, but it is pretty nice. How did you create the hedge itself? Uh, I decided that spending $20 or so for each of the bushes that I needed to plant, of 35 bushes, was just not going to happen. So I ended up using cuttings and creating my own hedge from scratch. It took a few years, but now it's completely grown. And every year I get to change the flowers. And uh, I've come to realize that it isn't always about how much it's going to cost. It's about whether I can do it myself rather than letting someone else do it. So that's why sometimes I just do these things on my own without buying the things that I need. Even though I'm the only one that can see it from above, that's okay, because it's for me anyway. What other kind of landscaping have you done? My next plan is to make a a Japanese garden in the backyard using some of the existing bushes that I have and moving them around and um, putting in a gravel stream, dry bed, a little bridge. So hopefully within the next year, I'll have that completed. You're also a gourmet chef. I think so. I gamble a lot when I cook. If I have a dinner party coming up, I will make something I've never made before. I can usually tell from the, what the ingredients are if it's going to be something good. And I, I, don't, I think maybe once or twice didn't really turn out like I thought, but it wasn't a complete disaster. Do you and Gary do creative things together? Once in a while. We do things that are fun. We don't do things that we necessarily share with other people. We, we once did a, uh, a duet of, um, oh, I can't remember the song, but it was, really, it was really pretty funny. Anything else you want to share? I love to sketch in charcoal 
although I haven't done it in a long time, but Gary recently bought me an easel, so I'm going to start doing that again. And maybe I'll get started on that book that I've been always thinking about doing. Sounds great. Lucille, thanks so much for making the time today. Well, thanks for not asking me any really hard questions. I love the arts, and I love to talk, and that's why I'm talking to local artists. And if you like listening, then subscribe to my podcast. You can do it on this page, on iTunes, or anywhere you get podcasts. Thanks for listening in 2020, and I hope you're back next year. Happy New Year. I'm Lucille Sapio, and this is Hazlitt Coffee Talk. Oh, my God.